Strength Matters Media, video, print, podcasts. Today's topic is seven nutrition myths that need to die. Could be potentially uh, controversial, as it always always brings up lots of uh, opinions whenever we do nutrition stuff. But we will be attempt to debunk some of these nutrition myths uh, today. And the first one is uh, is always the classic. There there are lots out there, like you know. Uh, fat's bad for you, red meat's bad for you, egg yolks are bad for you, you should always do a detox. But this one, this one's always the top of the list. Uh, carbs make you fat. Um, and I shared a little story with James just before we started recording that when I was just about to start work the other week, I walked into uh, the office and my wife's friend was on Zoom with her and she was like, I'm not eating carbs anymore, I'm too fat. And my wife was like, uh, Josh might be a little bit upset by that statement. I was like, I'm not getting involved. Definitely not going to say anything. And then in her next breath, she was like, I'm going keto. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to walk out the room now, basically. <laughs> so, so yeah, we will come on to keto in this uh, in this myth. So let's go with the first one. Carbs make you fat, James. Well, this is an interesting one, isn't it? And it's very a hot topic, I think, a lot of people. Now, let's just caveat all of these myths. I think a lot of people are married to their nutrition principles. And it's like it's almost like a religion for a lot of people. You upset a lot of people uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I apologize if we offend anybody right now. It's not our intent, but we're just going on basic fact. And we're very much nutritionally agnostic. Um, data. <laughs> we're going on data, yeah. basically. Data, trying to stay as, nutrition, as nutritionally agnostic as possible. Now, I believed that carbs made me fat. I did used to believe this because what I didn't realize was is I having such a a bad reaction to some types of carbs. So I, for example, put on a lot of water weight when I have processed carbohydrates, particularly processed bread. Or if I go, if, if I have a dirty Big Mac from McDonald's, right, guarantee the next day I'll just balloon. I'll put on half a kilo to a kilo in water weight. I'll feel it all, water retention here. So I can understand why some people may believe that but it's water weight. It's how my body reacts and the inflammation that happens when I eat certain foods. However, certain carbs, let's just, yeah, let's caveat this with certain carbs. You're talking about slightly more processed stuff yep. like breads and other other grains, stuff like that. You're not talking about broccoli. No. Oh, you you no. know what I mean? <laughs> not broccoli or cold steel cut oats, you know, proper oatmeal yeah, for those exactly, guys in yeah. the States. So if I'm having quality, it doesn't affect me at all. It's absolutely fine. It's, it's quality produce. Mm. I can even have, and this is my, like my kryptonite pizza, because it's tomatoes, which I have intolerance mm. to, the nightshades, dairy, and the wheat. However, if I have a really, really well done pizza, right, that is, you know, highly produced, top of the grain here, I can have a couple of slices and it doesn't affect me as much. However, if you go take me to Domino's, I will literally be dying curled up with stomach cramps within a few minutes, right? So, and it is, and again, the next day, I'll literally balloon up in water weight and it'll be like, oh my God. But no, carbs don't make you fat. They may appear to make you fat if you are intolerant to yeah. certain carbs because it makes you feel like put on water weight like I do. Yeah. I totally understand that way you may believe it, but long-term, it doesn't make you fat, yeah. right? Basically, countless studies have shown uh, in the end, it comes down to consuming significantly more calories than you need. And when calories are equated, it does not matter whether you are higher fat or higher carb. The results are 
basically exactly the same. Um, right, next one. Move on. I, I always enjoy talking about the like the carbs one. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine. I've seen this on Twitter a lot of times. I know, and it's it's that and the brain signals. It's the brain studies they show, isn't it? Like, mm. didn't CrossFit go all out against sugar at some point a few years ago? They were they probably were, yeah. that was their thing that they believed sugar was making the world fat, and they highly went after it. Now, again, what does the research say? It doesn't make a difference. It's not. Well, we're talking about is it more addictive than cocaine? And the answer is quite simply no. Mm. It isn't more addictive than cocaine. It, uh, it's not a drug for a start. It's, um, you know, a source of energy. All, car- all carb, we're going back to carbs, get broken down into sugar. Yeah. Um, and yet we're not saying, by the way, you should be eating teaspoons of sugar. Because no, you shouldn't. There are more nutritious foods yep. out there. But in the end, it's energy and it isn't cocaine mm-hmm. uh, maybe we should just leave that one there put it out there yeah. on the table. I, I, I tell you what though I, I always love this my a good friend Andrew Reed. he talks about his his number one fuel source when he's out doing triathlons or doing long rides is a Snickers and a, a full fat coke and literally <laughs> right. it is true yeah. and, and, he got, and he got that from some of the secrets of the top triathletes they have sometimes they have that as an energy boost to keep it going well it's, in, it's instantaneous energy it? yep. it's almost instant energy so yep. yeah, it's if you, you might need that as a triathlete because you need a lot of exactly. calories. So there you, there you go. I would argue. I would uh, argue though. People people say I'm addicted to, to chocolate, right? Which is sugar, yeah. right? Is that more a mental thing though? Is that something like? I was going to say, is that down to the uh, the endorphins it mm-hmm. releases and the feel good hormones it releases when you eat it? Yeah, probably not the necessarily the fact that it's got sugar in it. No, but uh, anecdotally, I've I've got a funny story from my dad. My dad, sorry, but this complete tangent today. My dad phoned me up yesterday and he actually said to me, he goes, James, I think you're right. I went, what? Hang on, I'm going to have this in writing, Dad. <laughs> he goes, yeah, I think I am allergic to dairy. And even though he knew he was a few years ago, we found him helping lose weight. He's been going back to it recently and stuff like that. And uh, he binge ate half a big bar of chocolate Toblerone yesterday. And, no, the day before yesterday. And like 24 hours... He was on the toilet. He could, hasn't eaten anything for 24 hours as a result of it. And he says that's the second time something's something happened in the last month, having that sort of thing. And I can't hear. So, so yeah. Brilliant. So, sorry, random tangent on the, on, sugar, on sugar. No, random tangent. But, but I enjoyed it. Sugar, yeah. I enjoyed it. enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, next one, myth three. Uh, I don't know where people have got this one from. I didn't even realize this was a myth, but apparently it is. Uh, calorie deficits don't work for fat loss. Uh, what? <laughs> it, I, I'm just lost for words for that one. I, I, I wasn't expecting that one to come up, but it, it's apparently people still believe that, and that's the thing. I, I can we move on? I, I, I don't know what to say about that. Is it maybe? Is it maybe the confusion that again, when people change their diet and they go to I don't know to paleo or to some sort of low carb or Mediterranean or, or whatever it is, and they lose weight that. They're thinking it's the the something they're doing in the diet specifically about that diet. Mm-hmm. When in the end, if they were tracking food, all it is is every diet puts you in a deficit because mm-hmm. you are cutting something out somewhere. Yeah, that's all it is. Every single diet, no matter what diet it is, will put you in a calorie deficit because you've cut something else out. Yeah, 
There you go. That's it. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I, 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 I think if you listen to the podcast long enough, you know that we believe in calorie deficits and you've got to find the right <laughs> thing. Now, it's, uh, I will say something which is interesting for us in the last couple of days is that obviously I'm, I'm in a calorie deficit myself at the moment. Like I'm, I'm, a suffer- I'm not, well, I actually have a bit of man flu at the moment, so I'm, if I sound yeah. croaky, I do apologize. But what we've discovered is that what I thought was my maintenance, about 2,000, 2,500 calories, we're thinking that maybe less than that, 2,300. And yeah. because we found that our, my optimal weight loss is around 1,800 calories at the moment, as opposed to 1,900 and 2,000. Which, is, which has changed. This is something that happens here, and it changes over time, so your body adapts and changes over time. So what may be a calorie deficit for some people sometimes, <coughs> excuse me, it can change and adapt the more your body changes over time as well. So yeah. something to think about. Here's a special message from our sponsor. One more client without breaking the bank on ads, Google is your ticket. Imagine being the first name clients see when they Google your services near them. Sound impossible? It's not when you've got Strength Matters on your side. We'll build your website and get you ranked high on Google for free. You'll save thousands on ads, web design, and SEO services, plus get a suite of business tools to help you grow your business effortlessly. All you cover is our bulletproof hosting that comes with a full 90-day money-back guarantee. Ever wonder how many new clients you're losing by not being Google's number one? Don't wonder? Act now. Now, book your free strategy call at strengthmatters.com forward slash website today. But anyway, we can't really go into that because we're trying to minimize that adaptation with your weight vest. Anyway, that's a whole nother podcast. We can't go into that. <laughs> Next one. Um, aspartamine causes cancer. This is, again, this is a big one that's all around Twitter uh, all the time. Um, yeah. Aspartamine causes cancer, James. Research says no. It's like computer says no. Computer says no. Computer says no. Research says no. No, it doesn't. Not to the same. Not to the same quantities that you potentially leave. If I did kill cancer, I'd be screwed. Because my my number one default way of helping myself lose weight and going to a deficit is to curb any sugar cravings. Is I have myself a Pepsi Max or a Coke Zero. I'm, I'm not discriminating between the two of them, or either brand, right? <laughs> Other brands are Other available. Other brands are available. Uh, However, it's, it's one of those things. Again, Lane Norton's a big one of this. He, de- he debunks this all the time. And if you haven't checked yeah. him out, check out the, the Bio Lane on Instagram, I think it is. He's a great guy for debunking yeah. a whole lot of myths and calling bullshit on a lot of people in the nutrition industry. Because that's, that's what yeah, happens exactly. a lot of the time. People are playing on the fears of people when it comes to nutrition because yeah. it's so religiously yeah. and personally motive, emotionally charged essentially so we're going to bear that in mind essentially so what we're saying is there is no current evidence to show that uh, but we're then not saying go out and drink a thousand diet cokes either let's have a little bit of let's have our sensible head on exactly uh, <laughs> yeah, shall we um the next one is uh protein damages your kidneys does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, I don't. I'm not sure we need to deep dive deeply into this one. But again, there is zero evidence to show that excess protein damages your kidneys. Where, where do we see that? We saw this recently. I think there's a whole load of vegans, wasn't there, sharing this? God, this it, everywhere. Nothing against vegans, by the way. Again, it's another one that's peddled around. Yeah, all the time. There's no, there's, there's no. They can have huge amounts of protein. It doesn't affect the body. So, um, so again, again, what does the research say? You know, meta studies, meta data. It says it doesn't affect it up to a huge, vast quantity, almost more than you can eat in a day, essentially. Yeah. 
There, again, as, again, there is no evidence to show that. I think we can uh, leave that one there. Oh, James, this in, in the past, this one might have upset you. Intermittent fasting is better for fat loss than regular caloric restriction. <laughs> Interesting. It, it, this, is, this is fascinating because, like, I did, I was, when I was in the police, I used, I used the warrior diet. You know, before the 16-2, the 5-2 diets came famous, like the warrior diet. So the I warrior think, is eat one meal a day, right? Yeah, make it big. Yeah. It was like... Ori Meckler, I think his name was, who did it. It was, a, it was big in the Krav Maga yeah. world. All the Krav Maga guys were doing it and following that because I think he was Israeli too. So, yeah, I, it worked well for me when I was in the police to control my weight and I felt more alert when I was doing it. Mm. And I was less snacking in between, so that was good. But again, it was calorie restriction. Calories in, calories out. That's what worked for me, but it's more of a performance thing to manage shift patterns and stuff yeah. too because that was a hard bit. Again... What does it come down to? Calories in, calories out, negative energy balance. That's all it comes down to. However, again, it's like if you feel intermittent fasting works well for you because it may have a better psychological impact on you. If you're doing shift work or something like that, it may be better for your personal digestion. Go for it. Do it. Now, I'm using intermittent fasting a form of it at the moment as part of my thing. I'm doing one full day of intermittent fasting on my calorie deficit. So it's I'm, I'm trialing it out, but then I've been doing it for quite some time, for many years over the, over the years, but I'm not saying it's the best way to do it because what I found with doing it was it's quite antisocial if you are doing it to the T. However, on a Monday, for example, I'm on my own working in the office or doing whatever I'm doing. It's I'm on my own. I don't need to worry about anybody else and not eating with anybody else. So it's long term, it's a bit different. So. Interestingly, what you've found, sorry, I'll go on about this one a little bit more, with intermittent fasting is that when you've had uh, COVID or been unwell, that affects your gut and intermittent fasting seems to help you, your gut recover quicker. It is. And that's, that is, that is, that, and that's why I've gone back to it a lot more recently because of in the last couple of years, I, I am a, what we call a shit magnet for COVID, I think. That's the best way to, <laughs> best way to put it. If you want to put it like that, yeah. Best way, to, best way to call it. Like I just, for whatever reason, but it doesn't affect me in the same way like I've got a common cold and flu at the moment. That's what I've got at the moment, uh, which is I haven't had for years. But I've had COVID, I think, close to 10 times, 11 times in the last two, three years. That cannot be possible. You've not. You've had a cold sometimes. I don't believe that. <laughs> Some people. But no, yeah, but it's, but it's interesting how but it affects my digestive system and it makes me hyperglycemic. Like I have some food, I spike and I crash and become narc- narcoleptic almost. So it's like here. But the way I've found to cope with it is if I do completely fast, which is hard going on the first day do a second day as well and I tend to recover better from it I'm not saying you should be intermittent fasting to recover from colds which I'm not doing right now I'm eating normally however I found to control starve a fever feed a cold that one is definitely that's not a myth that is true in my humble opinion <laughs> have some chicken soup anyway uh, moving on to the final myth myth number seven uh, <laughs> keto gives you permission to eat as much bacon and butter as you want I'm going to let you run with this on one, James. I wish that is so true. That would be amazing. I really, really wish that. Keto lets you eat as much bacon and butter as you want. No, it does not, because it comes down to the calorie energy equation and energy balance. You've, you've got to eat less than you need to lose weight. So it's... No, you can't eat it. I, but I'd love it, though. I'd love it. I love bacon. Uh, I love a little bit of butter. Even though, even though I'm dairy intolerant, I, I, I like a little bit of butter in some foods if I can get some in there. But no, it doesn't. I'm so sorry. I wish it was believable. It'd be so good. 
It'd be so good. I was going to say, wouldn't that be wonderful? Because I also love bacon, but... <laughs> I know. But there's there's, there's, there's other issues with that as well, because bacon is fairly processed. So... Yeah. Well, oh, um, God, now you're going down a hole... Uh, rabbit hole. No, I'll, I'll avoid it. Well. I'll avoid it. But I love bacon. I had, I had bacon eggs this morning. There you go. How about that? I want. Did you ever try the um, uh, bulletproof coffee? I, I I went down that route once, where you put a shed load of butter in your coffee. I thought it tasted quite nice, but it did absolutely nothing for my energy. I I remembered putting in <laughs> oh, oh my calorie intake. I didn't do I didn't do the butter. I did the coconut oil. And oh, right. I yeah, remember yeah, yeah. almost burning my lips off and this scalding the top of my <laughs> mouth, right? Because I put coconut butter, coconut oil into the coffee, and it just lay, literally it became be cold. <laughs> so hot. Like literally, it was so hot. Like molten's like, <sighs> and I was scalding my mouth. So I do remember that. I do remember that. But no, good myth. But I'd love, I'd love it to be true. But sadly, not. Exactly. Sadly not. Sadly not. Uh, there you go. Those are seven nutrition myths that we think uh, need to die. Uh, please do feedback and let us know what you thought of this uh, this podcast. Um, yeah, may- maybe slightly controversial, but I-, I tell you what, I enjoyed this one, James. We've gone slightly longer than we would usually, but um, but there we go. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. That is it for today. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you want to find out more about our system of training, go to strengthmatters.com forward slash system.